Our guests today are Tamara Dinich and Christian Zia, and their short film is Tina, a film that dives into the dangers that come with fighting for basic rights, in this case, the freedom of speech and the freedom of the press. This thought-provoking short film qualified to be considered for a 2024 Academy Award through winning the Student Academy Award, making it the sixth Hamburger Media School graduation film to do so. Now, Tamara graduated for LMU in Munich before studying film directing for her master's degree at the Hamburger Media School in 2022. And as a scholarship holder of the Friedrich Ebert Foundation, she also worked as a dub recording supervisor, film and editorial assistant, video editor, among others. Now, Christian Zia studied media economics with a focus on film and TV at the Stuttgart Media University and gained various experiences in film and television, including at Warner Brothers and Bavaria Fiction in Munich. Now, as a Fulbright scholar, Christian went to Los Angeles, California to study film and worked back in Germany at the German public broadcaster SWR Stuttgart. And in 2022, Christian graduated with a master's degree in creative producing at Hamburg Media School with a VFF scholarship. He is a producer at Letterboxd Film Production Studio Hamburg. Both Tamara and Christian's graduation film is Tina won the Audience Award medium-length film of the 44th Max Ophels Film Festival. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome film director Tamara Dinich and film producer Christian Zia and their Oscar-qualifying short film, is Tina to the show. Hey. Thank you. Hi. Well, you're very well. Good evening to you. And I've got to ask, um, and this one's actually for Tamara. So, what was it about the screenplay of this film, written by David Lawrence, that inspired you to uh, want to direct it? Well, I was inspired before there was even one draft of the screenplay. So we had a one pager um, about the photojournalist, the female photojournalist, about fake news and demonstrations. And um, this was this is such an important topic. And I felt immediately attached to it that, um, yeah, it started even before the screenplay was written. Really? Now, how about you, Christian? How did you come across this screenplay? Yeah, we read the first one page and we all felt really attached to the topic because it's just a current issue. And personally, I have a really good friend actually from Colombia that left his country as a journalist. So I felt a really strong connection to the topic through one of my best friends, actually, that gets also threatened as a journalist. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask I'm going to ask that question here in a moment, because this film is so vitally important in today's time. And um, for the overall film itself, and uh, tomorrow, if you want to answer this question, what is this film actually about? So the film is a story about a photojournalist um, from Serbia that is being attacked because of her work by right-wing extremist groups. And uh, when the attacks even hit her family, she needs to make a strong decision to protect her little daughter. And she flees with her to Germany, to Hamburg. But uh, she soon has to realize wherever she goes, hostility and threats follow. So it's about the uh, raising attacks against media professionals worldwide, which we can see. And of course, Hamburg, Germany, because we live there, we study there. And Serbia, because I have uh, family and have my roots in this country. So 
and with with such a topic it's it's important also to sort of we really wanted to build a bridge to another european country and not only tell the situation in germany tell about the situation there but also in serbia yeah. you know your film shines a light on the work of journalist uh photojournalist just what they need to do to get the story now, did either one of you, did you interview, and I, Christian, you kind of alluded to this uh, just a moment ago, did you interview journalists who are on the front lines of, let's say, protests and riots? And if so, what did they tell you? Yeah, definitely. We did a lot of research. It was really important to us to be authentic and tell a story. So you can also say that actually everything in the film is a direct reference to something that's happening people out there, and uh, there's a straight reference to everything and we talked to journalists in Serbia, but also in Germany, and told us um, their situation, their stories, and all this went into the script. And there's especially one photojournalist from Belgrade, actually, that went to this pro-Russian protest and got almost lynched for his work. And there, yeah, people like him that really inspired us and to and made us continue this project and tell the story because that was a big motivation to us to give these people a, a voice. Do today's journalists feel that they are unjustly criticized about their work? Because the general public today, especially in America, do not believe that most of the journalism is actually true. And they leaning more towards it being more of like the media's, today's media is an extended arm of government propaganda. What say you? That's a big issue also in Germany, like the the raising skepticism against um, journalists or the media and they're raising uh, fake news and a so-called alternative media. That's that's a thing. That's a topic which is really concerning because there are countries in the world where it's the truth that they are controlled by the government, like in Serbia, 95% of the media is actually funded by the government. So it's controlled by the government. But this is definitely not the case in Germany and not the case in the US. So and, and this is this is something what I think it's really concerning. Of course, there were, I can tell, especially like in, in Germany, of course, in history, there were maybe some, some scandals that already happened which is so sad for everyone in the industry when, when something turns out that some journalist did, didn't do his job right or spread it something that was not the truth. So, but it's, it's really hard if it's sort of, um, if you take this as an example for everyone. So yeah, and it, it's concerning, it's concerning. And it's also in times of social media and deep fakes and um, fake news, it's, I can understand also the confusion in the society and the fear what to trust so I, I can understand that but it's so important that we do not project our fears on those people who work for us and who deliver the news every day and it still should be possible for them to do at least their jobs so yeah let me ask you this christian did you you know by researching journalists and photojournalists did you research the differences between journalists and photojournalists that are working for a media versus those that are freelance journalists that may be selling their pictures or selling their stories to a media outlet? Was there a difference in the way that 
Not that they were not in a different way of doing their job, but maybe the way that they're perceived by either those at a protest or by the public in general. Well, I think generally it really depends maybe on the media, how their um, how their experiences are on the protests. But generally, um, they, of course, both experience threats and like, yeah, threats by those people. Um, a big difference maybe is the protection on those protests, of course. If they're working for bigger, bigger media, they maybe have like a security that's paid by this big company, big media behind them, especially freelance journalists. For them, it's really hard because they don't have the security maybe and they and they have to take all them, those risks for themselves. And um, so this is definitely a big difference. But uh, of course, both of them experience the same threats. Because, you know, as I was watching the film and I had to go back a few times to to watch certain scenes and especially where Jelena was in the midst of covering a story and and being threatened. And I kind of I paused the film and, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, OK, why would they be? attacking her because in some protest or riots those people who are participating in those elements want the press to see the truth those that may be doing something or participating in a way to where they may not want the press to print the truth so i'm thinking when she's photographing the protest and these riots and then she's she's bullied or she's attacked and so or threatened to be attacked i'm thinking what is their motive what is their thought uh so within this film um what it can you kind of give us a little is there a deeper meaning meaning coming from the attackers as to why well, the thing is that, of course, we have a 30 minute film, so it was not possible in 30 minutes to make a psychoanalysis about the protesters. The whole focus was the threats to her as a journalist and what it means for her and for her, for her family and for her daughter. So, um, But as we experienced the, the demonstrations that we refer to, um, they were definitely skeptic and totally against the the press so everyone even we um our dop andre Steinmann and me we went to two major demonstrations against the COVID measurements in germany and as soon as we put out the camera we were marked as the enemies so and this is everything our experiences that influenced the film and also having the research and talk to so many um so many journalists, photojournalists that work in Germany and that went to those demonstrations, they told us the same because they are they are working, they are the media, they are the government, so they are the liars. So Okay, so let, let me back up here because so you went so you went to a COVID demonstration. And Against so the, the measurements in Germany, yeah. Okay, so was the demonstration um against the lockdowns was it against the vaccines because then that means that if anybody showed up with a camera they're automatically marked as press and we know on a global scale the press was highly responsible for pushing 
the narratives of the lockdowns, of for, of forced vaccinations. So I can understand that if somebody pulls a camera out and immediately looks like a member of the press, I can see where the attack would come from. Well, but that is not an argument to beat people up that they end up in hospital. So I'm no. sorry, they're doing their jobs. And if this is an open demonstration, the press is needed there and they need to do their job. So it cannot be if you if you feel concerned about this, this is your thing, but you are not supposed to verbally or even physically attack anyone and not a journalist. It doesn't make any. So for, for me, sorry, I don't see any excuse there in this kind of behavior. And um, I I don't know. I think also we are not talking about the Corona measurements in our film. This is no, not no, no, we, no, no, not at all. I'm just... So I, I just said that we got inspired because those um, those demonstrations against the measurements in Germany, they're really violent for journalists. And that's why we went there also for research to join also photojournalists and to see how they work with their security together. Yeah, so, what I love about this... Nothing that, yeah, this is nothing that we, um, um, that is the focus in the film. No, 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 not at all, not at all. I was just using that as an example because of the fact that as Jelena shows up, at these protests and the way that she's treated, the way that she is viewed. And I love the fact that you, you bring forth this film because, you know, across the globe, and I hear this from everyone, we need to have freedom of speech. And then there's the other side, the freedom of the press. And a lot of people today where, let's say, 10, 15 years ago, if you said freedom of the press, everybody goes, oh, yeah, 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 we, we need that. Now, there, there's a whole different side of it. And, you know, where, how far is, you know, we need freedom of the press because now, you know, both of you have seen, even online, the rise of citizen journalists who are, who are risking their own life to bring forth truth and to bring forth real stories that maybe the media is not covering and maybe in some places are not covering correctly. So I applaud both of you for bringing such a very powerful film with a very powerful message. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Now, now I have to say, as I was watching the film, I love the cinematography because... As you're watching the film, it's almost like you're almost watching part documentary because the topic is is so real. It's it's today. We're dealing with it, this very topic right now. So I had this feeling of a little bit of documentary. Was that done on purpose? Yes, yeah. of course. That was part of the concept um, that uh, I worked on with the DOP that, of course, we got inspired by journalists that are going to real demonstrations. We even shot our documentary, a short documentary in Germany. So this was concept of the film to make it authentic and also to also the, the format that we choose that is close to a photo format. So, yeah. Well, in the screenplay, was the main character originally a woman? Yes. Yeah. And see, I love that because, and I love the way that you casted this part because she comes off extremely strong 
um, stubborn, hard-headed, um, because she believes in getting the story and then getting the story out. So I love the strength that she portrays in this character. Yeah, yeah. and it's maybe not only the story, but for her, it's we have to show the world what what is happening and if we do not exist anymore who will do it so and as she even says it in the film uh, it's i'm doing this job when she has a phone call with her mommer uh, with her mom that my child can grow up in a world where, where she can believe what's written in newspapers yeah exactly and again uh, i mean what how um what was the casting process like for this film well, it was intense, of course, <laughs> because we didn't have enough time um, and we needed to find an actress that is like, as you said, she's kind of stubborn and she's strong, but she also has to have the sensitive side because this was also our research. You have to become sort of pragmatic and also to protect yourself when you are confronted with so much hate and violence on a daily basis. You sort of also have a, a certain self-irony and humor. And to f find someone who, who fits into this role, we actually cast it in eight countries, everywhere where people live that speak Serbian or can do a Serbian accent. And in the end, um, yeah, she's from Slovenia, Nika Rosman, and she did also the Serbian accent very great. The finding the child was also a challenge because we shot in August and uh, in Belgrade and Serbia, they shoot so much internationally. And um, so people were in projects or they were on vacation. It's very common that people go to uh, to the sea, to Montenegro. <laughs> so there was also a challenge. And we knew with the child that we have to find her in Serbia because she needs to speak Serbian fluently. And we casted, I think, 10 or 12 girls. And we're super lucky to find Milica Voskanovic. And also the rest of the cast is amazing. The grandmother, Elisabeth Jarowska, is also from Belgrade. And the rest of the cast is from Germany, from Berlin and Hamburg. Yeah. No, it's a, no go ahead, Christian. Yeah, and I would like to add to what you said before, that we decided, especially also on a woman, because, of course, any gender experience may be threats for their work as a journalist. But especially women, the, the violence is often very sexualized also, like online, on the platforms, hate comments, all this. So that's why it was also important for us um, to, that, that's a woman, because their situation is also differently. And that makes complete sense, because in this film, you portrayed every element of a threat that we see today. It's a, it could yeah. be a brick being thrown through the window of a home. Uh, yeah. Like like you just said, Christian, the online threats, even, I mean, for the past few years, have literally gotten out of hand. Yeah. Most of the social platforms, they usually have safeguards <clears throat> to protect a person from using certain words, but I think it's based on country to country. You know, <clears throat> here in America, if I went on, let's say... Let's say if I went on Instagram and somebody makes a post that I didn't like and, and I would have made a comment and said, um, you know, you're really stupid. Something just simple like that. A warning literally comes up and mm -hmm. says, do you want, you, do you want to re-edit your comment? Meaning mm -hmm. if you don't, it's not going to get posted. But mm -hmm. then to see threats 
in this film threats of rape, sexual assault, uh, we're going to kill your kid, all this kind of stuff. And this stuff gets gets by on Mm -hmm. a lot of these social platforms in other countries. And even though I believe in freedom of speech and freedom of the press, I think that physical harm needs to be blocked. Yeah, it was really important to us to to tell what's really happening to the people. Like these comments we used were actually like real. And that's why we also decided yeah. actually on truth as a title, because it was really important to us to emphasize that we, we never attempted to definitely define truth, but rather we believe in an existence of an objective reality, a set of facts and events that a society and we as a global community must confront. And um particularly relevant and that's particularly relevant in, in times of fake news and the conflict zones and during those pr- demonstrations um that it's important that those journalists go on these protests and do their work that we as a society are aware of what's happening out there and um, because if they don't do this anymore and that's what people told us they're like maybe have partner kids they don't want to take the risk anymore they can't do it anymore this really concerns us what th- this means for us um, as a society and our democracies. Yeah. How, you know, with the, with the journalist and the photojournalist that uh, you researched and talked to personally, how yeah. do they handle the threats, you know, either in person and even the online threats? Do they kind of not, I guess in person you can, but even with online, do they mentally just block it out or they just not read the comments? I think there are different ways. Of course, some of them read them and report them to the police, which most of the time you can't do anything, like not much about this. Um, then they stop reading them, of course. But sometimes it's also where I can see, of course, I think if I, if I if I would be in their position, I can understand that they still continue to read them because maybe that gives you also a certain security to know, okay, what are they writing? Can I handle this? You know, sort of, I don't know if, if this uh, if this makes sense, you know, to sort of, even if it sounds paradox, to sort of self for self protection, you know, and um, but I think there are different ways. One one way is also I think that it's so important that they communicate with each other, that they have safe safe spaces. We also went to one. Um, it was kind of a workshop how to report about right-wing uh, groups, extremists or parties and how to handle this. And one, of course, big topic was also how to handle the threats. And I think this is so important that they um, also um, support each other. And of course, they need to they need uh, the security from the police uh, because in Germany there is many times not enough police presence and they are not how to say educated enough how to handle with with the press so there were situations where they made the situations even more complicated that they didn't want to let them through through i don't know their their security line whatever so they couldn't do their jobs or taking the press a press document like the press id card which is also not secure if someone can read your address where you live from you know from the demonstrators and can threat you directly and stuff like this. So I think the police in Germany really has to be more educated about this topic and how to secure journalists. But also, of course, um, the, the media houses that are working for, they need to provide securities. 
Yeah, I saw that in the film where she ends up with a bodyguard. And there's there's a scene in the film where she's looking at her phone. And you understand that there are, she's reading threats. Yeah. And then the, uh, the gentleman in the film, uh, maybe her boyfriend, maybe not her boyfriend, but he becomes very concerned for her safety. But Jelena seems to almost, it's almost like she puts up a slight wall to kind of mentally separate herself from those threats because she's still focusing on getting the story out. Yeah. Exactly. She's, I think this is something you need to do to be able still to continue this job. And that's what I said before, having a certain humor, the scene that you're talking about, she's even making fun of the, of the, of the um, names that they have like on the comments. So, and this is, I think something also how, um, to handle this mentally. I think what's true for a lot of journalists is, of course, they they have a kind of idealism that they approach their situation positively. They see the big picture. They, they know what they fight for. And I guess humor is a big part of it. I remember also when we talked to a journalist that got a um, big headline in Serbia saying like, oh, she's a German spy and would lie and all this stuff. This is not funny, but of course, you kind of laugh about it because it's so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, I can see that. You know, uh, tomorrow your directing of this film was superb. I mean, thank you, thank you. I felt emotion in every scene, and in a way, you're almost sitting sitting at the edge of your seat through the whole film. And the you know the biggest surprise of this film to me was was that it was. It was almost a half hour long. Did, did you feel that being a short film, did you think that you may have gone past the threshold where most of them may not go past 16 minutes, maybe not even go past 20? And this one's what, 26 minutes? Yeah, I mean, actually from our school, uh, we had a restriction before it's 20, it's 20 minutes. But uh, obviously, uh, all of the films that turned out this year, all of the six films were almost 30 minutes. So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, because the scripts were 30 minute scripts. So, and of course we, uh, also when we had the first rough cut, we had 37 minutes. So we had to, yeah, we had to cut 10 minutes. So, mm-hmm. but this was also a good, um, exercise, I would say to stay focused and what's, what's really the core and the heart of the story and of the film. Well, see, that's why I love short films so much because you can get, you can tell a story, a com- almost a complete story in a very short amount of time. It's very, very focused. Um, where it's sometimes some of these short films that I that I watch, sometimes I feel that after it's over, I'm like, it almost seemed like a two hour movie. Mm-hmm. And and I think that goes back to the writing, the directing, the producing. And the cinematography of bringing this the films to life, but this film is probably one of the strongest that I've seen this Oscar season. Oh wow! Thank you so much. And it means so much to us. Thank no, you. seriously, because 
you know, so many of the films, you know, there's a lot of, um, a lot of fiction, you know what I mean? Where this one, there's so much, it's, it, there's so much truth to it. I mean, every scene is authentic. It's the truth. It's what's happening today. Uh, the audience like me, you can feel yourself in Jelena's shoes. You feel for her daughter, you know, uh, which, which is that. And that's one of the things that I love. You take this really strong, headstrong, stubborn, focused woman, a photojournalist, but then you add the character of the daughter, which brings in the vulnerable side, the soft side, mm -hmm. the now, even though she's out in these covering these stories, facing potential danger, but at the same time, she has to protect her own daughter from that danger. So there is this catch 22 that she's dealing with of wanting to be the best journalist that she can be delivering the story but then she has to come home and it's almost like she's doing the opposite in a way. And she was, she was perfectly cast. The daughter was perfectly cast. Thank you. Yeah. She's amazing. And, 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 and for you, Christian, you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people who are lovers of film, they understand what a director does. Can you kind of walk us through what, the actual job of a of a film producer and what what you do and what you did along with Tamara to bring this film to pass. Yeah, I would say, I mean, the producer is a combination of like all economical, financial questions, like the organizational part of the film, like shooting in two countries, all this like contracts and all these things. But of course, working really closely with the director, so with Tamara, and our writer, of course, David, from the beginning, when we had the first draft research to the casting process to like music composition, post-production editing, like I'm just as a producer involved in every creative step also. And uh, was a um, really close collaboration with the team, with David, our writer with, um, and Tamara, our director. And um, so, yeah, I would say it's a combination of both of those things. And especially shooting abroad was, of course, for me as a producer, a really big challenge but also great experience of course shooting in serbia a country i've never been to i don't speak the language but finally we were able to do it <laughs> well let me ask you this christian for you with this particular film what was the most difficult uh part uh to overcome i think one of course getting the budget together to be able to shoot in two countries especially in serbia and another one was definitely um, our protest scenes to make this possible with the extras and all for all departments. This was a big challenge. Finding a location, we could shoot violent um, right-wing protests because the city didn't like us to shoot it in the city. So this were like the biggest uh, challenges of the project, I think. And thinking that we all want this really be authentic and believable. So even when we were student film, we knew that if we tell this story in this topic, we really can't mess it up. We really have to be believable. So I think it was a big um, challenge, expectation to our own work to make this possible. Well, That's I have true. to say, because when, when I was watching the film, and especially when you catch the background scenes of the protest, I literally thought as an audience, 
that the protests were real, that you were able to maybe bring in a film crew and let's say, you know, film your scene on the outside of an actual protest with with other actors, maybe, you know, maybe like the three guys, the, you know, I call them the three bullies uh, mm -hmm. in the first part of the film. And so I have to say, excellent job when it comes to making the, the protests authentic, because I actually wondered, are they real or did they actually stage that? So excellent job. Thank you. Well, I have to I have to admit, of course, then that the, they were staged. We had like 20 or 30 much too nicely looking extras. We were so happy that they were there, but they were like students. So that was a challenge to make it realistic. But as I said before, um, the DOP, Andre Steinmann and we went to two major demonstrations and I recorded the sound and we can we could use the real sound for the film, which I think also helped so much to create the illusion of a real demonstration. Well, for you, uh, Tamara, what was the most difficult thing to film? Um, I think like one of the most challenging things were definitely the demonstration scenes. Also, we worked with stunt coordinators, with stunt fighters. We had a night shoot, which was really intense, um, but also like the staging and also seeing my main actress, main actress Nika who did all the stunts herself doing it again and again you know like oh my god she has to fall again and yeah so it was challenging I think for everyone I would say um it's hard for me to say I mean we had this is filmmaking it's always like this that filmmaking is Murphy's law you know <laughs> that everything everything that might go wrong will go wrong for example we had the shooting in Serbia and it was in summer so the first days of we had three days of shooting officially in serbia and the first two days were like i don't know how to say this in fahrenheit but it was hot summer you know dry hot we were in the apartment and then the third day was the only day we had outside locations um to shoot and of course exactly on that day it starts to rain so it was it was a thunder and flashes and even one flash um, hit hit like I think twenty meters away from us. So we were kind of also lucky that the flash didn't hit us or our our technic uh, technic stuff. So um, this is something it sounds so crazy and almost unbelievable if if I, I tell this for example people who are not filmmakers and if I'll tell these filmmakers they were like yeah I have a similar story. <laughs> so, yeah, so this is um, everything is kind of challenging always and also having lack of time. And in Germany, they're really strict with shooting with a child. You are only allowed to shoot three hours with a child. So we had to use two cameras also to be more efficient. And in Serbia, they are more, how to say, um, yeah, you have more, more, they're more flexible with the time. So there are many challenging things. But in the end, I think the demonstration scenes were the most challenging. Yeah. Yeah, they seem yeah. that they definitely would be in. I'm not going to give the, in the edit. Yeah, oh, also yeah. in the edit. <laughs> the editor and did also a great job. I think we only edited them, I think, for over a week, only the demonstration scenes. So, yeah. <laughs> well, they came across absolutely authentic and real. Now, I'm Thank not going to give the ending away because I, I don't, I don't want to spoil Spoiler. the film for those who have not seen it yet. But I have to bring up this scene that I love so much. And I love that 
scene where her daughter, Laura, I love the fact that she loves taking pictures. She wants to be just like her mom. And I felt that in that one particular scene towards the end where, where the camera is focused directly on Laura. And, and she has the camera in her hand. And you just feel that scene. And you can feel as if the daughter uh, is going to be walking in the very shoes that her mother uh, has brought forth through her journalistic career. And that scene to me, here you have all of these protests. You have these, you have these threats. And the audience is on the edge of their seat feeling this intense emotion through this film. And then there's that scene with Laura. And I'm like, wow. I mean, because then it slows down. It becomes soft. And you just, then, then your whole emotion changes. You know, you may not feel emotionally tense, but you're now focused on, literally the audience just focuses on that little girl. And I find it to be one of the most beautiful scenes in this movie oh, yeah. because there, I, I don't think you you could have finished that film better than that. Thank you so much. That means so much uh, to us. And I'm also very happy with the end. <laughs> well, well I have to ask for both of you, what in the world did it feel like to become Oscar qualified on top of that being the the, the the sixth film to be Oscar qualified from the Hamburg Media School. Well, it's a great honor. It's still it's still surreal kind of and amazing. I mean, this journey was a dream for the film. So we are flattered. We are honored. We're happy also. Um, and let's see what happens and what turns out. <laughs> um, we put put so much heart, passion, time, energy in this project. So everything yeah. what's happening this year is for the whole team, big recognition and like a dream come true, honestly. It's something you maybe dream of before, but that like we won this award and now we actually are qualified for the Oscars. I mean, that's surreal how Tamara said. Yeah, yeah, and as you, as you said, for the whole team, I mean, it's a student project, so it was based on volunteer work. So, yeah. and that we've, with the, with the student film that we've come so far, that's amazing for everyone who was involved. Yeah, yeah. so so now um, it's, it's exciting that we're like allowed to say, oh, for your consideration, vote for us. So it's just crazy. Yeah. You know, I, I am seeing so many posts, especially on Instagram, uh, <clears throat> for your consideration is what everybody is saying. And and I bet it's it's probably I guess everybody and including both of you going to be very very nervous when it comes to um, well that December date when they actually announce the shortlist. Yeah, December twenty one. Yeah, I'm not that nervous to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I would be I very to, very nervous. I, I try to I I try to relax. I think one day yeah. before I would freak out, but now I try you know to calm down. It's like Tamara. 
However, it turns out you're fine. You're happy. We already have achieved so much with the film. So lower your expectations. Don't be sad if it doesn't work out, but let's see. No, I say keep your hopes up. Believe yes. for the absolute best. You have a stellar film. It rightly deserves to be Oscar qualified. And I'm going to kind of go out on a limb here and say this film has the very right to be Oscar shortlisted because it is one of the most powerful films that I've seen this season. Extremely well done. It is a stellar film. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you get the opportunity to see Estinia, this is a film that is worth watching because it's what we need to be aware of. What happens to the other side in the areas of freedom of speech and the freedom of the press? What do journalists and photojournalists actually have to deal with when they themselves want to deliver the absolute truth? Okay, not everybody's on, not everybody's a liar, but we need to understand that there is another side of this. And in some cases, as this film has portrayed, there can be a very dangerous side when it comes to the freedom of speech and freedom of the press. And Tamara and Christian, stellar job, stellar job. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for the great interview. It was so much fun. Well, you're, you're very welcome. And I just love talking to the filmmakers and ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you can catch all of the replays of our interviews with the top film directors and producers, just like Tamara and Christian, as well as screenwriters, the actors, and so much more on our YouTube channel at Bond on Cinema. And we're also available on over a dozen audio platforms as well. So if you can't watch, you can listen. And again, I want to thank you, Tamara and Christian, for sharing your short film with us today. I can't wait to see what happens when they announce the shortlist. And I, yeah. I hope and pray that uh, they announce your film. Thank, thank you so you much. Thank you. You're very welcome. And again, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for watching and listening. And remember, filmmaking is an art. And our guests, just like Tamara and Christian, and our show Bond on Cinema is keeping that creative art alive. And as for me, well, I'll see you at the movies.